Hello and welcome to our third episode of Catholicism, Not Just for Dummies. I'm Father Andy. And I'm Father Andy. And in this episode, we will be talking about the first three chapters of Genesis. Yeah, we're going to cover the debate between faith and science, creationism versus evolution, how to interpret scripture, what the church teaches about creation, and original sin. As always, thanks for tuning in, and in everything, Ad Maiorum Dei Gloriam. We are your hosts, Father Andy the Greater and Father Andy the Lesser. Buckle up, we've got a lot to cover. This is Catholicism, not just for dummies. So this week, uh, we're talking about the first three chapters of Genesis, and, um, you know, how did this question come up, would you say? Uh, well... I just talking to students at the Newman Center, um, even in my own journey. Um, I know just, uh, yeah, as an engineer, as a scientist, like enjoying those subjects growing up, you know, this sense of, um, you know, science is everything, right? Um, and then I took epistemology and then, you know, you what's this? How do you know what you know? But, uh, but that's another subject for yeah, another yeah. time. Uh, but yeah, how did you frame it? Like, at one side you have the fundamentals that you know you have to bring believe everything the Bible says. Like tw seven twenty four hour periods God created, um, and then you have yeah the other side, the scientific side that says you know how did you put it that if there's a miracle then it couldn't possibly be you true. Know. Yeah, so it's kind of the debate of religion or faith versus science like like you can't be both you have to either go with faith and then ignore what science says or or you say i believe in science which means i don't believe in religion or faith yeah that, that as we said it is those are the two options right right faith versus reason or science right uh but uh uh Pope Emeritus, now St. Pope John Paul II, wrote an encyclical on that. Faith and reason. Yeah. Um, that says they go together. Yeah. They do go together. Yeah, so I think um, like when the, in the scriptures there is uh, the, the scientific method applied to the study of the Bible. Uh, like you said, they start off with the, the presupposition that miracles are not possible. Yeah. And then if it has a miracle in the Bible, then they conclude that, that it actually didn't take place, but it's a story that was put in there to strengthen our faith. But yeah. for me, if, if it's just a story, it doesn't strengthen my faith. It, it seems it's just a fable that's made up. This didn't really happen. Yeah. Uh, Jesus is just a nice teacher. Well, that that's not possible. I mean, because if he was just a nice teacher, he was also a liar and therefore he's not a very good teacher. Yeah. Right. I think we went over this before. Like there's what, uh, Jesus is who he says he is, or he's a liar or a lunatic. Right. Those right. are the, yeah. basically the three yeah, options. Either he is God or he, or he's a, a liar. Cause he can't be just a good person that is merely human yeah. and yeah. say the things that he said. Yeah. So, so, all right, so... Um, so, back to Genesis. Yeah. Uh, so, again, we're covering the first three chapters of Genesis. Like, what, as Catholics, do we have to believe, you know, uh, yeah. when we look at the creation story? Yeah, I think it's it's uh, looking at the um, 
when the Catholics read the Bible, they're called to look at the literary sense or the literal sense as the first interpretation upon which the other three spiritual interpretations are based. Yes. And that is, um, it's not just literal in the sense of word for word, what does it say, that's it. It's more in the sense of what is the intention of the author? What is the yeah. author trying to state yeah. by how they wrote it? Yeah, and we don't have to get, I don't want to get too far off topic, but in some sense, that's where the historical critical method can help. That's right. Right. Like, what was the author's original intention? Right. Like, who was the author? What was going on in society? You know, what was the, yeah, the culture that he's speaking into, right. the situation yeah. he's speaking into? Yeah. So, well, like, for example, when we look at uh story of creation in Genesis, there is, um, the, the scientific mindset of the day, in other words, the popular understanding of things is what the author uses. Like there's a dome over the earth and yeah. then when it rains, the floodgates open in the dome and let the water down that's above the dome. Uh, you know, that's that's a figure of speech uh, that that is based on the mindset of the day. Yeah. Obviously, there's not actually a dome with floodgates. Just like when we say it's raining really hard, you know, it's raining cats, cats and, do and dogs. Cats and dogs, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I've never seen cats and dogs fall out of the sky. Yeah, although I did step in a poodle one time. Oh I mean, no, <laughs> that's not good. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, and so that even in the other forms of the the books in the Bible, there's there is a poetry, there is song of songs. Yeah, apocalyptic literature, which uses symbols and, you yeah. know, like the seven-headed yeah. dragon. That would be what, da like Daniel and Revelations. Yeah, and I think Ezekiel, there's some in there too. But yeah. um, so it's it's understanding it in the sense that was intended by the author. So, so when we look at the creation story, what is the author intending to pass on to us? Yes. It is how how was god involved in creating the world and you know what's the basic truth that this is created by god yeah and uh and he is the source of all things yeah so um i have a, i have a list of things that are um that we are called to believe from the book of genesis number 1 that everything was created out of nothing by God at the beginning of time. Yeah. So one theory of the universe is that uh, time was different that, you know, um, that, yeah, that there was, in some ways, time just dilates differently at the very beginning, which in some ways makes no sense. The others that, you know, they, universe has been expanding and contracting quote forever but the universe itself has existed from yeah, all eternity for all eternity which doesn't make sense in and of itself yeah there there was actually i think aristotle proposed that as a possible theory but he said even if the universe has existed for all eternity there still has to be a um a prime mover the the unmoved mover who is god to to make things happen yeah, so check out uh, Aquinas' five ways. That's right, yeah, that's right. Five ways for the proof of God. So yeah, and then there's other theories like multiple universes that are that there's millions of universes so that yeah. j just on one by chance, life came about as a way of explaining the, the extreme improbability of this happening without God. Yeah, but 
I mean, even that. I mean, so the the thing the if uh backing up, so the initial thing is that God created out of nothing, out of right? nothing at right. the beginning, yes. at the beginning that there was that God didn't take what something that was already there and made our current universe. Right, that it was made out of nothing. Yeah, yeah, like the like the uh, the scientists who were advanced, they came and approached God and said, "We've we've become so developed in our science that we can now create life." And so God said, okay, let's let's do it. And so God took some dirt and formed it into a human being and then breathed life into it. And then the scientists went to pick up some dirt and God said, hey, get your own dirt. <laughs> yes. Meaning he created it out of nothing and we're yeah. not able to do that. No. Only God can make something out of nothing. Out of nothing. So when I was in chemistry class in high school, though, sometimes we would end up with more matter. When we weighed it on the scale, we would end up with more matter than we started with. So really, yeah, we're more powerful than God. Or we just from the energy, or, or, or we just did the experiment wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm not sure what happened there, but uh, only God can create out of nothing. And so at the beginning of time, that is our faith that there was nothing except God who is always there. Yeah. And then there was something. And then now there's something. And and yeah. even that uh, that creation God formed and uh, and brought order to it in the in the development, like over the period yeah. of the six days of creation. Yeah. Uh, which is what science is about. Science is the belief that our universe is understandable and reasonable. Right. Right. In other words, there's a design to it that can be, uh -huh. we can learn and understand. If the, the universe the is just utter chaos, then there'd be no point to science. Right. Right. Or if it was each person's opinion of what the, the meaning they give to it, well uh -huh. then there's no science either. Uh, so if I slap you, you may or may not feel it. Um, Only if you feel like feeling it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to try it? <laughs> All right. Moving along. <laughs> Number two, that the creation of human beings, however humans arose in history, was an act of special creation by God in which God breathed a human soul into Adam. Yes. So why don't we talk about the different types of souls? Should so, uh, so you have like, do rocks have souls? No. Do plants have souls? They have a vegetative soul. Which means what? Well, if by soul, you just mean a principle of life. In other words, what, what makes this thing alive? Yeah. Uh, you know, in, you can define soul in that sense. But but usually when we speak about soul, we're talking about a human soul, which is a rational soul. Yeah. So you have plant souls, you have animal souls, but neither one of them uh, are eternal. Correct. Yeah. Right. They don't, and they're not rational. Souls. They're not rational. Whereas a human soul is rational and eternal because it has intellect and will yeah and so there could be if evolution is true there could have been something before humans but they wouldn't have had 
an irrational, eternal soul. Right. They would have been animals in some way. Uh, they would have been like animals in some way. But won't, at some point, if evolution is true, that God infused a rational, eternal soul into one woman and one man, which made them utter, in some ways utterly different than the rest of right. creation. Right. And, and actually... That's true for every human being that comes into existence is that the parents provide the material, but God is infusing the soul into this person. So now it's a body soul unity, Yeah. but, but the soul is created out of nothing because there used to not be a soul. Now there is, which yep. will exist for all eternity. Yeah. So there's not like little souls in heaven waiting for waiting bodies? to get their body and then they choose. No, uh, unfortunately, that's been a popular theory. I, I don't know if Plato talked about that, but um, but the Christian faith is our we begin to exist at the moment of conception. Yeah, um, and so uh, I mean we don't want to get into that on this episode, but that's why the Catholic Church has its stance on abortion that it does have. No. Yeah, and then I think going along with that is that um, the question was actually brought up when evolution became popular is um, did human beings develop like from a race of apes or or was it just one man and woman that are the origin of all human beings? And the, mm -hmm. and the, the uh, teaching of the church says it's one man and one woman that we all descend from. Yes. And I think, isn't there something about mitochondrial Eve that they've they've genetically shown that as well, that all women... Yeah, because her... you receive your mitochondria just from your mother. Okay. So that's possible. And so yeah. they traced all women back to yeah. one... Because one... So at one point there was a theory that homo sapiens or whatever uh, uh, came into existence in multiple places on the earth. Right. And so that the human race as it is today actually have multiple what do you call it origins or original father and mother but the church says no that there was just one man and one woman that was given a rational eternal soul and that we all descend right from that from yeah. that couple that's right so we're all related if you go back far enough that was christopher west say 54th cousins 54 580th cousins or something like yeah. that who knows <laughs> so um next is uh the woman is formed from the body of man from his very self. And so that's a that's an interesting you know, in the second story of creation, the 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 man is formed first and then the woman is from his side. But I think in some some translations you could say God formed a human being first and then divided that human being into a male and a female. Yeah, because the before Eve appears on the scene adam is not necessarily given a, a gender per se yeah i think it i think the hebrew says human being and man in the sense of human being as opposed okay. to male yep so uh and so that's the explanation for why there's a desire for marriage the two becoming one because they started out as one yeah and so then they they are separated into male and female with complementarity, but also the desire to be united. Yes. Yeah. And um, yeah, maybe it's a little bit of a tangent, but 
you know, people say in all in all the sacraments, either a bishop, a priest, or a deacon, or I suppose a lay person in a case of emergency and baptism, but like usually a uh well the clergy uh gives the sacrament uh to the person receiving right. one of the seven sacraments. The minister, yeah. Um and so so it, that and it and all the sacraments in some ways make up for the fall. Mm-hmm. Whereas marriage is the the primor, we call it the primordial sacrament because it, it existed before the fall. It doesn't try to make up for the fall. It, it, the graces of it don't, you know, necessarily. I mean, they do, but they don't. Initially, its main purpose not to make up for our fallenness. Yeah, and so it's the primordial sacrament. So actually, in the church. At least in the West, we say that the priest has to witness the the marriage or the priest or deacon, but they actually confer the sacrament on each other. Yeah, they're the ministers of the sacrament. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's actually in the preface in the Mass when you celebrate a wedding, that, that the one gift not lost by original sin nor swept away in the flood. Is yeah, the which is so beautiful. Yeah, that's right. Such a great theology, right there. And uh, and then Jesus elevated it, elevated it to a sacrament, uh, in giving grace to husband and wife. So um, that that leads us into the next one, and that is Adam and Eve were created without sin, but there was an original sin that affected all of humanity. Yeah. So the so in the in the Bible it talks about them walking and talking with God. In other words, they had a close relationship with God, yeah. and the the uh, the gifts of um, preternatural gifts, I think they call them, of which is knowledge and wisdom, immortality. They were meant to live forever. Yeah. So they instinctively knew perfectly the will of God. Well, they while well, they could. I don't know if we would say that. I think they they would find out from him and know it then. Yeah, there, but there's no resistance. Right. Uh, I mean, I, maybe that's not the right way to say it either. But um, there's no clouding of morality. Right. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was. I suppose you could say it was like a, a relationship of love and recognizing the love of God the Father for them, and that everything He has for them is for their own good, and they desire to be with Him in that relationship. Yeah, because we, now we talk about sin and the fall and stuff, clouding our understanding of what right and wrong mm-hmm. is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so the. A lot of times people think that the original sin was was like a sexual sin or something like that, you know, the forbidden fruit. But yeah. but the Bible doesn't really seem to say that that no. is the case. It, it's more of a, it's a sin in the soul, in, especially yeah. in the intellect and will, I, I would say. Like, yeah, well, pride, yeah. Yeah, pride and because um, it says they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is... You know, I don't have that tree in my backyard. I don't know if you do. <laughs> uh, I think I planted it last year. <laughs> it died because you couldn't take care of plants very well. I think I've killed a succulent before. <laughs> <laughs> Which means you don't really have to do anything to water it, hardly. No. 
so anyway um it's a it's a uh i think it's symbolic language that describes the limitations of of being human yeah. uh you know that it's not there's nothing wrong with knowing what is good and evil you know we're called to learn and know what that is yeah. but i think for them it was deciding what is good and evil in other words you will become like gods who who can determine what is good and evil yeah. even if god has said something different yeah. Yeah. which is uh, in some ways welcome to a society right, right. relativism exactly. yeah we right. decide for ourselves what is right and wrong yeah that's right and the supreme court and all those institutions <laughs> yes which which that was a planned parenthood versus casey act they they said as human beings we determine the meaning of life human life existence and of the universe <laughs> therefore wait abortion will remain legal <laughs> uh we don't do any of those things okay so um so yeah i think that's the fruit is um saying i want to be god i want to decide what is good and evil yeah. rather than just knowing it but deciding it and so that's the fall so a, a lot of times people wonder well what why do i have to suffer because of their sin i mean they're the ones who did this how come it has to affect me what would you say uh i'm not sure thanks for putting me on the spot okay no problem <laughs> um what would i say i mean god put us made us in his image and likeness that's in you know genesis we made the image and likeness of god uh but once that relationship is broken like how I mean, with Jesus, like we don't have the power to to correct that or to yeah. reestablish that connection. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not within our power to do that. You're right, exactly. Only God can do that. Yeah, I mean, it's offense against Him. I mean, and so, yeah, it's something that we did. Yeah, and we, but we don't have the capacity to repair it. Yeah, I think. Um, there, there's a there's a loss there of those gifts that were present in the beginning so i i sometimes compare it to um inheritance like let's say your uncle had fifty thousand dollars he was gonna give it to you in the will but then the week before he died he went up to jackpot junction and gambled <laughs> it all away are you gonna get fifty thousand dollars <laughs> no no so um adam and eve had all these gifts and blessings but they were lost in the original sin and so their children which is us yeah. inherit the lack of well, those things and so instead of the fullness right you know. yeah so um uh as a result that um original sin has an effect on everyone in the world we're we're born into it in some yeah it's, but not just everyone but everything right like that's what no, that's we, the, yeah. we say as a church is that all of creation is affected by the right. fall yeah because because in some ways human beings are in charge of creation to tend it and care for it yeah but there's part of creation that has fallen short namely humans yeah and so all of creation suffers because of that yeah which which leads to natural disasters, hurricanes, diseases, all those things. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a 
a woundedness in all of creation. All creation. So um, the, the last one is that even at the time of the fall, God made clear the promise of a future redeemer. And that, that's the good news of the whole story. Yeah. So uh, what was it? Genesis 3, 15 and 16. Uh, right. God is talking to the serpent, to Satan. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, be your offspring and her offspring. And enmity in this sense is like complete separation. And so the woman can't be Eve because Eve has already has now sinned. Mm-hmm. And so there's not a complete separation. There's a connection between Eve and and Satan. And so complete enmity means complete separation. So who is the only woman we know that didn't have sin? And that was Mary who had, right. was immaculately conceived. And that makes even more sense, you know, between your offspring and her offspring. Well, Jesus was her offspring. Right. And so that Jesus obviously has complete enmity or separation right. from Satan. And he crushed the head of the serpent, which is the rest of Yeah, he will. You will strike at his heel. Strike at his heel, which usually is not mortal. If you hit someone in the heel, they don't usually die. Yeah. But if you hit someone in the head hard enough, they do die. And he will crush your head. head. Yeah. So yeah. Um, sometimes I think the heel is kind of like the weak point too. Like you think of Achilles' heel, that was the one weakness he had. Okay. And so a Satan strikes at the weak point in the body of Christ, which is us. <laughs> yes. That, that there's a possibility that we could be tempted and sin, whereas Jesus himself can't. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's uh, that passage is often called the um, Proto-Evangelium or the first gospel. Yeah, the Proto-Gospel. No, no sooner had Adam and Eve sinned than, than God promises. Yeah. So Adam and Eve, the fall happens in Genesis 3, verses 7 and 8. Mm-hmm. And then just 8, 9 verses later, God is promising a way out of this yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah so... Th- so going back to our topic for this time is, um, you know, these are these are the truths that are contained in the first three chapters of Genesis. Yeah. That, um, you know, the development of the human body by evolution or however it happened, yeah, is not as important to the yeah. author of this as yeah. as uh, these things that we covered. Yeah. I mean, I personally think that creation is almost easier to believe than evolution. I mean, if I, I double check my facts, but last time I checked, we had seen like, you know, like the soot in the Industrial Revolution and the dark moss, you know, survive and the lighter ones, you know, natural selection. High natural selection, but we've never seen one species get a different number of chromosomes and develop into a different species. Like we've never observed that yeah. in science yet. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and I think just just to how do you explain go, uh, going from less order to more and more order and complexity? That doesn't usually happen in nature. Yeah. It's no entropy. Yeah. Yeah. Usually so there, increases. There has to be someone at work to make that happen. You know, the designer, I suppose they could. Yeah. Say. Yeah. Um, intelligent design. Intelligent design. You know. Yeah. Um, so as Catholics, 
when we read the gospel, uh, read the gospels, read the first three chapters of Genesis. You know, these are the truths that we have just discussed that um, that the Catholic Church asks us to believe and that we know are contained mm-hmm. in the first three chapters of Genesis. Yeah, and I think even like the the word day in Hebrew, it, I've heard is could be ex- also translated as period of time. That it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean a twenty four hour day. And so these these things may have developed over time. You know that that um, that's what science proposes. You know, first there were creatures in the water, then birds, and then land animals. And so you know that could easily coincide with what it says in the book of Genesis. Uh, yeah. Um, to throw you for a loop, though, even though we have not very much time left, what about the dinosaurs? Um, <laughs> I think they missed the boat. <laughs> During the flood. <laughs> no. So. No, I mean, certainly there's that a long period of time that could have been yeah, the case exactly. before humans came on the scene. Yep. But but yep. when humans did come on the scene, God created the soul directly. That's yeah, and they were created without sin and then they sinned. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so yeah, if something existed before that, great. Right. Right. Yeah. It so. doesn't it doesn't affect what's contained in the in the scriptures. And I think that's the key is because a, a lot of times scientists come up with their things and then they'll say, therefore, the Bible is wrong, but they're, they're, um, they're not reading the Bible in the proper way that it should be understood, yeah. which is what's the intention of the author. Yep. Yeah. And as Catholics, uh, we believe that the intention of the author, the, the intention of God was to transmit these truths that we just went over. Right. Yeah to us and so uh, science is not a contradiction to faith there's there's many scientists who were men and women of great faith great faith yeah like uh, uh there's the story of louis pasteur who developed pasteurization yeah and uh he was on his way to a science conference and and he was riding the train and praying the rosary and this younger guy he was old at that time this younger guy is like what are you praying that old-fashioned medieval thing now you know we're we're into science where we have advanced beyond that and and then he introduced himself and he said i'm louis pasteur <laughs> well-known scientist yeah so well we have taken a good chunk of your time uh so we thank you for listening um again Uh, If you have any questions or comments, please let us know. Yeah, or things you would like us to discuss or joke about. We can do that. (laughs) Better forward. Okay. (laughs) All right, thanks. Thank you. God bless. Yeah, God bless. have to do this without you i'll know how i guess yes like if you're in a car accident or something yeah. and the the podcast must go on yes that's right <laughs> i'll send someone to anoint you and then do the podcast thanks thanks for putting me first the podcast second okay